super host Sabrina and this is Second Scoops, a podcast where I talk about the headlines of the week in an effective and efficient manner. My goal is to put a positive spin on the week's news and be accepting of all political views along the way. So if you're interested, keep on listening. Okay everyone, so we have a lot to go over this week, so let's start off with national news. So yesterday was February 6th and it was one month since the capital insurrection and that is important to note um, that was obviously historic um, and a, a historic event but obviously for all of the wrong reasons um, and you know it's going to be a while until the country can heal from that but I think it's you know, slowly but surely, you know, we're getting there, and hopefully nothing like that ever happens again. Um, So, um, in addition to that, which is um, a piece of news that's, you know, kind of related to this, is that the rates of gun purchases has risen since the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. So that's interesting to note, um, because you know that's concerning but i mean every i guess people are just utilizing their second amendment rights um i mean i guess that's up to them uh but what happened on the what happened at the capitol on january 6th with all 6th was obviously so horrific and traumatizing so i guess that statistic isn't really that um shocking but also this past week which is so so sad was that there was a shootout in florida that killed two fbi agents as a result um our my 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 heart goes out to the families of those two fbi agents and i know one of them was a mother who left who left a husband and a a, um, a child so um Hopefully, you know, they're, they're, they get some closure and hopefully, you know, things like that don't happen and, you know, that's asking a lot, but, you know, she, I don't know, I really don't know what to think, but obviously that's a really sad thing. Hopefully, you know, they're doing okay and they're doing well, um, and yeah, I don't really know what else to say. That's really sobering news. Let's move on to President Biden and his um, and his uh, executive orders. So he has signed nine executive orders so far in his first two weeks in office. This has demonstrated the power of the White House and the ability to pass policies with or without bipartisan support. So this is very critical because. Um, President Biden has made it clear that he intends to pass policies with or without Republican support, and he said it's um, particularly with his um, with the COVID stimulus package. Um, Biden is thinking to pa- uh, he wants to pass a 1.9 trillion dollar bill, but Republicans, for the most part, think that is too much. So, but he has said that. It, that there is like no if ands or buts um in regards to passing that so we'll see what happens um there has been some breakthroughs with the the 
conversations with the bill Biden President Biden actually had a, um, a meeting with a couple of uh, Republican senators including uh, Mitt Romney and Susan Collins on on the stimulus package so that brings some hope but there probably isn't going to be you know it's probably going to have to be a big compromise to satisfy both sides um, in addition President Biden will form a task force focused on reuniting families separated at the border there are still over 600 children separated from their parents as a result of Trump's harsh immigration policies on the southern border. However, Mexico stopped, stopped accepting U.S. returns of some families under the pandemic-era policy. So this is very um, important because obviously these are families and these are children who are ripped away from the comfort of their their home and then their com the comfort of their parents and the solace of you know being in their parents arms that's obviously such a horrible thing to experience so by president biden has um initiated a task force to help reunite families hopefully that goes well um and so by president biden has been working hard in his first few weeks in office um however there has been some there has been some discrepancies in the messaging in particular um the COVID-19 messaging so the CC, CDC director Dr. Mis Michelle Walensky has said that schools could be reopened without vaccinating teachers however President Biden has said that teachers will not be returning without being vax without being vaccinated first, and this is important to note because there has been, um, because obviously Dr. Olenski is the CDC director, and the CDC is, sets the guidelines for the nation, and so they're kind of, you know, not in sync right now in terms of the messaging, so that's concerning. Um, it's kind of like who should we listen to but there um but the white house press secretary jen Psaki said that uh, dr walensky was speaking out of her personal capacity um that's kind of honestly that's like what does that mean that's kind of it's it's very vague um but i guess dr walensky was talking was referring to the study um, recent new studies that suggest that going back to schools could be safer and we talked about this last week so perhaps that's what she was talking about but it does raise some questions about um, about the, the the you know the preparation um, between the CDC and the White House um, in terms of the messaging so that's going to be interesting to know hopefully um, things can be clearer on um, with here on out so um, this week's episode is called Congress the Constitution COVID-19 in contentious comments if you didn't know already so Congress is obviously a big um, topic on a lot of people a lot of people's minds right now particularly 
due to a couple of contentious comments made as I referred to in the title by a certain Georgia GOP representative known as Marjorie Taylor Greene um, and this was some week last this was some news last week as well I didn't really mention it but now I feel like um, there's no there's no like leeway it has to be kind of brought up because what she has said is is honestly unacceptable she has made Islamophobic anti-semitic comments um things that are just absolutely ludicrous and that you know are obviously conspiracy theories um, and she's openly um embraced QAnon and those fringe conspiracy theories um and in the midst of all of this house republicans have rarely denounced her actions but they have ganged up on Representative Liz Cheney, who was one of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump, and who is the daughter of Dick Cheney, the former vice president. And Liz Cheney is also, in her own rights, very powerful in the House of Representatives, as she is the third most powerful Republican. And she's also very conservative. So it's really honestly appalling to see how Liz Cheney voted to impeach Trump and then she gets a lot of blowback from her colleagues, her Republican colleagues, for making a decision which she has said was uh, a decision that she does not regret and that was something and it was a decision she made out of her own conscience, out of her own conscience, conscience and you know, it's sad to see that she is getting so much, um, so much just bad talk and about her. Um, yeah, it's in, actually, it's not only just talk, they've, uh, on the, that Wyoming GOP has actually censured Representative Liz Cheney for voting to impeach former President Trump. Um, and as I mentioned, she said that she doesn't regret her decision at all. But it's it's really shocking to see that she's being penalized for something that she had the right to do, that she and nine other GOP representatives did. Um, and then up on the other hand, you have Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene, who is a freshman representative, saying all of these just absolutely appalling things and she doesn't even get you know she just has a little talk with um kevin mccarthy however it is important to note that although mccarthy didn't strip her from her assignments marjorie taylor green did get stripped from her um congressional assignments and she's on the board of education and budgeting she's on the uh, she's on the education and budget committee so she has been stripped from her assignments the house voted to do that and the Repo uh, the democrats have a majority in the house so that's not um, surprising but it is surprising that McCarthy didn't um, do it sooner although you know I guess his argument was that 
oh that was before she made all these comments before she was a congresswoman and you know we had we hold her to a higher standard now um either way though she has been stripped of her committee assignments um but she has also continued to make very controversial comments because because after she was stripped of her assignments on thursday um she did say that uh, she on friday she said that she was fine with being kicked off of her committee because it would be quote a waste of time and then she went on to say that the republican party is trump's party and quote no one else's um uh, and I, sh I should also mention that she did apologize to her colleagues on Wednesday um, to the extent of this apology I'm honestly not very uh, I'm not educated on I don't know how she apologized but she did um, however she on Friday she she said all these comments about the be on her being in the committee would be a waste of time Obviously, though, that's not true because she was selected by her district in Georgia, and if she's not on the committee, she can't do anything for her, for her constituents back in Georgia. Um, so, like, why would they vote for her another time if she's not doing the, the, the work of the people? So, that's interesting to note, but I guess she, she thinks it's a waste of time. So... Uh, that's her opinion of course but yeah the congress um is obviously very divided right now um it's it's honestly it's it's yeah it's just very divided and there's there's you know two there there's just it's it's divided but then it's divided within itself again particularly in the Republican Party, because obviously people like Marjorie Taylor Greene say it's Trump's party, which I honestly agree with because, um, you know, he's, he's manipulated the party over four years to turn it into something that he wants into, and, and into a, an institution that favors him and that that favors him and does what he wants um always and the the base really supports him still um so there's like a civil war going on between the republican party and then the congress as well in the wider scope but yeah that's i mean it's very concerning hopefully all of this you know all of this tension and and unpleasant unpleasantness um re resides and kind of cools off but only time will tell and i just i honestly um suspect it will only get um worse um as the 2022 uh elections are uh, come up um uh, for the for the for the Republicans to get back some control in the Senate, so you know that's the reality, I guess. But hopefully that doesn't have to be. So now let's move on to some international news. So Canada has declared the Proud Boys 
group, which was one of the groups that was a part of the capital insurrection. Canada has declared it as a terrorist group, um, and that's significant. I honestly didn't think that there would be chapters of the Proud Boys thing um, uh, organization, I guess, in Canada. I thought it was very, very like, a, like an American thing because they talk about being, you know, because I thought they were overwhelmingly Trump supporters and I guess Canadians can be too. I just never thought of it that way, honestly. But yeah, they have declared that Proud Boys as a terrorist group in Canada. And moving on to Myanmar, we talked we talked about this last week. The Myanmar leader and Nobel Peace Prize laureates Aung, Aung San Suu Kyi, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, was detained and there have been protests, uh, protesters flooding the streets in uh, Myanmar as a result in, um, as as a uh, as a result of the military coup in the nation um there have also been protests in india in regards to farm farming and farmers obviously india has a very large population one of the most in the world one of the pop one of the most populous countries in the world and farming is a big part of the country and the country's economics and the country's uh, economy there have been protests as a result of that. And then also, um, in the Netherlands, they have surpassed 1 million COVID-19 cases. Obviously, that's very devastating. Hopefully, the numbers don't rise. Um, and hopefully, they get it under control. They it's kind of crazy to think that the Netherlands has 1 million cases and we, the U.S. has um, 20, tw over 25 million cases, 27 million. Honestly, I'm not sure what the num correct number is. It could be over 3, 30 million now. Um, but yeah, that's really concerning. Hopefully they get everything under control. And then also on Friday, it was Wear Red Day which it which um was an effort to raise awareness for heart disease and strokes in women which is actually the leading cause of death in women in the united states um and i was actually wearing uh, a red shirt on friday and it was inadvertently but it was it was a good feeling to to know that i was kind of a part of the movement even though i was you know, unknow unknowingly doing it. Um, so let's move on to COVID-19 now. So the first cases of the South African variants were found in South Carolina and Maine. And this was kind of news last week. Um, I didn't mention it though. So there have probably been more cases in different states. Um, but the UK and the Zen variants have also been detected in the US. Um, but there is some, there is some, uh, lights, I guess, because Johnson & Johnson has requested emergency use authorization for its vaccine, 
that's very very um, exciting because there there's there are two vaccines right now Pfizer and Moderna and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is very good in uh, preventing um, preventing serious illness and hospitaliz hospitalization so that's really um, encouraging and the AstraZeneca vaccine is less effective against the South, Co uh, South African variants but hopefully um, yeah that's actually very sad news the AstraZeneca vaccine is less effective on the South African virus variant but there are other vaccines like Johnson & Johnson which I just mentioned that are um, more effective in preventing serious illness so that's good and also cases and hospitalizations in the US are on the decline which is very exciting news but we must bear in mind that this pandemic is obviously not just going to miraculously go away we may have thought that almost a year it's been almost a year so we have to be patient and really be sure that everything is under control before we start making decisions to you know go out and visit family and friends and things like that um i actually went out to the park yesterday with some to meet with some friends um, because I haven't seen them but we were all wearing masks and things and we were taking our precautions and using hand sanitizer and you know things like that so I know it's a hard time and if you're having a hard time right now I really um, I really hope that things get better um, you know just try and stay hopeful and never let you know never let those last shreds of hope in your heart die because hope is all we can cling on to in really hard times like these um and in the and in the sense of staying safe uh dr fauci says the super bowl could potentially um be super spreader events so everyone please stay safe and obviously enjoy the game um the, there is still about two hours left of the game one hour and 15 minutes from where i am right now so i don't know the results yet and i won't be making any predictions i am however rooting for one of the, the teams however you know it could go any uh either way there are two really great teams two really great teams yeah the Bucks and the Chiefs and the quarterback for the Bucks is Tom Brady obviously he's widely considered one of the or the best quarterbacks of all time and Patrick Mahomes for the, the Chiefs and he is uh, considered by a lot of people one of the best right now one of the best quarterbacks right now um, and he's really young too and Tom Brady's 43 they have an 18 year age difference so Mahomes is 25 I believe um, uh, yeah and he's in Mahomes Patrick Mahomes was the youngest quarterback or um, yeah to in the Super Bowl last year 
So they're obviously really good teams. I hope everyone really enjoys the game. And so let's move on to climate right now. So there are winter storms hitting the northeast of the United States right now. There is said to be life threatening and you could potentially get frostbite in just 10 minutes. So everyone please stay warm. Um, and there's another nor'easter developing in the northeast U.S. So yes, again, everyone please stay warm. Um, and uh, France um, has recently shut down a $7.5 billion potential deal with West Texas natural gas. Um, so that's great because I definitely feel like the environment is a pressing issue and it's definitely on the forefront of the Biden administration's agenda. They have named it one of the um, few, to, uh, one of the few issues that they're really trying to combat and focus on. So hopefully everything goes well with that. Um, but yeah, the environment. Hopefully, you know, we can try and change things around. Um, uh, with obviously President Biden, Biden rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, um, which is a a, 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 a dozen, dozens of nations um, that are that are focused on one goal, which is trying to make a world a better place and a safer place for future generations. So that's really amazing. Hopefully, that all goes well. So let's shift gears right now and go to the economy so um last week this was a lot of news and i didn't mention it honestly i was planning to i had it written down but it didn't go that way so let's talk about it right now the GameStop, the you know stocks and the economy is not really um an interesting topic to me personally but this GameStop um, news was really interesting because it was obviously like the little guy winning um, the GameStop the GameStop stocks have declined a little bit but they're, I mean it's still pretty good considering that these are amateur traders um, who really achieve something that's so incredible but Elizabeth Warren has called into an investigation into the um, into this whole situation between the, between Wall Street and these amateur traders um, who formed a coalition on Reddit and who found a lot of success and who found who found national and made perhaps international um, uh, uh, credits and recognition. But Robin Robinhood, which is a, 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 a an, an app, a website that you can use to trade stocks, has lifted uh, trading restrictions on GameStop AMC, uh, which is the um, the theaters, and Black BlackBerry and other stocks that are soaring right now due to Reddit and. Uh, Robinhood was under scrutiny for um, for for um, for inflicting these uh, these restrictions in the first place. So they have lifted them. Uh, of the U.S. future, 
futures decrease after the crazy frenzy week for the markets. So there has been a bit of a decrease for U.S. futures. Um, and then on Tuesday, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos announced that he is set to, he is set to um, uh, come down as CEO later this year of Amazon. And he will take up the position of executive chair of the company. Bezos is of or is the, I believe, the richest man on earth, just for some reference. And so he's stepping down later this year. Um, also, President Biden doesn't think the $15 minimum wage likely will not make it into his final relief bill. Some eco some econ uh, some economic some economists <laughs> some economists feel that the $1.9 trillion bill is too big in the first place. Um, but uh, Janet Yellen, which is who is the uh, Treasury Secretary, um, believes that the the stimulus bill of 1.9 trillion will lead to an increase in jobs in the future. So she feels like a it's kind of a big go big or go home type of thing. So she feels like that the bigger the stimulus package is, the bigger impact, the bigger positive impact and ramifications it will have in the future. Hopefully that's the case. Congress still hasn't come up with um, a particular specific finite um, deal yet. But on the last thing with um, uh, Congress, uh, they are set to have the in Trump's second impeachment trial um, on Tuesday. It's going to start on Tuesday, so next week we'll definitely be covering all the big moments of that. It is definitely a unprecedented impeachment trial for a number of, of reasons, particularly that Trump is a former president and he is the only president that has been impeached twice. And it's just been a year, literally just a year ago, that he was being impeached for his first um, impeachment offenses, for his first impeach impeach impeachment trial. So we'll definitely bring you the latest on that next week. And now moving to some pop culture. So Fox has canceled one of its most most watched television shows, Lou Drops Tonight, after a billion dollar loss election lawsuit. He is essentially being paid for staying off the network. He's literally being paid for staying off of TV. Um, so I feel like that itself is just speaks volumes to the extent of how serious this is and obviously it is serious because he's being um fox is being su uh, sued for no sorry excuse me not fox but there there's like an election lawsuit waving around and obviously that's very serious because our elections are the basis of our democracy um and people are likely jobs have have perpetuated false claims about the election, um, which potentially led to the uh, to the Capitol riots. So that's serious. Um, and then, lastly, let's go on to some uh, some stars that we lost this past week. So Christopher Plummer died on February fifth. He was ninety one years old. He was a Canadian actor whose career spanned seven decades and he is most well known for his role in The Sound of Music. 
and a quote from him is, Most of my life I've played a lot of famous people, but most of them were dead, so you have a poetic license. Next was Diana Durham, who died on February 4th. She was 52 years old. She was the first African-American gymnast to win the all-around title as US national champion at the U.S. National Championships in 1983. Um, I couldn't find any quotes for her, but just just think just thinking about how she was the first African-American gymnast um, to uh, to win that title. I think just speaks volumes uh, about her character and about the person she was. Unfortunately, though, yeah, I couldn't find a quote for her. But then, lastly but not least, we have Captain Sir Thomas More, who passed away on February 2, February 2nd. He was 100 years old, and he was a British Army, Army, Army officer who raised money for charity during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, during the spring, and he uh, inspired a lot of young um, British kids uh, to help raise money for essential workers and for people who have been uh, affected by the pandemic. Um, and he was even knighted by uh, Queen Elizabeth. Um, he was honestly really just an inspiration. Um, Captain Tom, he is affectionately known as. Um, I couldn't find um, I couldn't find a quote for him, but yeah, uh, I don't think he even needs one. Um, his legacy, I think, speaks for, him, for itself. Um, and then, as promised, um, in respect to uh, um, in respect to Black History Month, this uh, week's quote is: "Education is the passport to the future. For tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today." who was uh, said by Malcolm X. And I have another one, which is never be limited by other people's limited imaginations, which is Dr. Mae Jemison. Um, obviously, those two people were historic black figures, and they, they contributed to the black experience and culture in America, definitely. Um, but yeah i guess that's all for this week guys i really hope you enjoyed i certainly did um yeah so go enjoy the super bowl if that's your thing um i know i'll be watching and next week we all have more news see you have a good day